Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I'm Jillian Aurora. And I'm Marie Wallace. And we are your hosts today. Well, welcome to Braveheart Conversations this week. Hello. <laughs> I am Jillian Aurora, and I'm here today with my co-host, Marie Wallace. Hi guys. <laughs> and um, I'm very grateful for any of you who are joining us on Facebook Live. You can also find us on Spotify and Podbean and iTunes. So we welcome you to download our podcast there. This is episode 40. That's so crazy. We've been doing this a minute or two. Um, today we're really excited to talk about being in hostile conversations. And this is something that's really come up um, a lot just recently I felt like there's obviously people are experiencing a lot more hostile conversations mm -hmm. but this is particularly sorry uh, this is particularly something that is um, sensitive for me or triggering for me because this is this is not a new topic um, in in terms of domestic violence or um, women who have left toxic relationships, we are not strangers to having hostile conversations. We are not. And um, and just recently, within the last couple of months, I set a boundary that I was unavailable for anything but constructive conversations. And that's really been uh, confronted within the last couple of weeks. And so I just want to talk about that and some of the reasons why we end up feeling pressured and um, we feel like we're obligated to stay in hostile conversations. And, and I really want to talk about um, what, what are the reasons to stay in conversations? When is it good to stay? When is it good to leave? Do you know, you know, sometimes we're just feeling uncomfortable. And it's okay to be in an uncomfortable conversation. And then there's hostile conversations, mm -hmm. and that's a very different story. And so some of us who have had issues in staying in abusive relationships, um, we justify being abused. We mm -hmm. justify staying in um, things that are either abusive conversations, abusive relationships, um, abusive home situations we justify why it's okay and often it has to do with the other person right we love the other person so much that we're gonna stay in something that's really or disarming. fear sometimes it's fear mm -hmm. and so um i just want to open up the conversation and if you guys have questions please jump in um what comes up for you guys when when you are thinking about why you do stay in hostile conversations, if you do, why? Why do you stay in them? Why do you feel obligated to? I have a situation where um, I was on the phone with someone who was very hostile and I felt very obligated to stay there, mostly because of programming, because it was a male and it was a male voice and if I, I can't hang up, you can't hang up on someone because I was raised if you hang up, it's rude, it's awful. And my friend said, why can't you hang up? Mm -hmm. And I had never been questioned or confronted uh -huh. before. Well, well, because this, this, and this will happen. Because one, he, one was fear. Like I thought he would come over and then, then I would be in a 
a confrontational situation that could be a physical altercation to and so anyway she just talked to me off the ledge and, at, and then it was just like oh I never knew I never gave myself permission to hang up on someone who was just screaming and yelling at me because it didn't seem appropriate but a lot of it was conditioning yep yeah um, that that's huge that I have permission to walk out the door I have permission to say I'm done with this conversation. I have permission to hang up the phone. Um, and we give you permission because sometimes we just need someone to say it's okay. Yeah, and it totally is okay. And here's why. It's honoring for both people to shut down a dishonoring conversation because this is what we've talked about many times with abuse is abuse isn't honoring for either party. Um, so allowing the abuse to continue is an honoring for myself and it's actually um, allowing the abuser to perpetuate a cycle that's dishonoring to them. None of us are happy, and I've said this before, there are uh, many examples of abusers who have committed suicide because they are very unhappy. Um, so the whole abuse cycle, every player in it is miserable. Well, we're teaching them how to treat us as well in that moment every time we say yes to that conversation it just it's reinforces that yeah. it's okay yep so what honors me honors everyone uh, what honors you honors everyone and so when you participate in a conversation where they are abusing you it's dis dishonoring to you and it's also dishonoring to them we, we say a lot, you know, you'll get whatever you settle for. And if you're settling for abuse on a, con in, on a call, in a conversation, in a relationship, um, you will get what you settle for. And so boundaries, we've talked about before, are, are requirements to be in our space. Mm -hmm. So if my requirement is, and this is, this is new for me, to, it's very important to get clear about what you want. Very important to put it into words. And for me, what I want is constructive conversations. That's what I'm available for. I'm not available for attacks and deflection and hostility. I'm not available for it. Um, one that came up recently uh, for me was I, I was in a situation where I had I had a guest who would dump for hours just her um, her past traumas and experiences and she was very closed off to solutions or constructive conversations and she would just say at the end of all of this conversation oh I, I don't want you to fix it it's fine <laughs> and then I would feel really icky and that was really what got me to put into words oh I'm really only available for constructive constructive conversations I'm not available for just verbal vomit right um so it can be it can be hostility it can also just be a lot of negativity that's going nowhere I'm perfectly willing to listen to someone tell me their pains and traumas if we're going somewhere with it right mm -hmm. if it's constructive if they're processing for you know a, a purpose some people need that processing time absolutely mm -hmm. and I can't count the number of people who have held me and let me process and cry on their shoulder and it was always for a solution for a reason mm -hmm. so um, you know, you know inside if this is going somewhere, if it's a constructive conversation. If it is, great. If you're just putting up with abuse because you think that you have to be in the conversation for someone else, um, check yourself. 
check yourself because never is the appropriate answer self-betrayal and self-abuse. Never. No one needs you to abuse yourself for their benefit. That will not benefit anyone, period. Um, just lost my next thought. What are some of your thoughts about hostility and what you've experienced and how you've set boundaries? For some of the things that I've experienced in the past is it's fear on both sides. Their fear of losing me or I'm afraid of losing resources. It could be I'm afraid of getting out because I don't have the money or I, I'm afraid to lose the relationship. Or, so there's, there's lots of fear on both sides. Um, and the other thing as far as boundaries, I just remember the same thing. So I was in a relationship with someone who wouldn't talk to me about anything. So it would be total isolation. Never never bring it up and then just one day all of a sudden we're talking and that I sometimes feel is worse it, it would just be so abusive and of course I'd be abusing myself too going oh, well, what did I do and 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 how could well I didn't know that kind of conversation doesn't allow me to to make the relationship any better because I never know what even what the problem was in the beginning and then I was also in a relationship where it was constant yelling, screaming, always like in my face and, and very hostile, very overwhelming. And then you can't think, first of all, growing up in a very difficult um, alcoholic home where the person yelled a lot, I shut down. When someone starts yelling, I, sh I shut down and I'm, I'm not able to process. So I'm actually doing them a favor by not having a conversation mm -hmm. because it's not constructive. Nothing's going to come out of it and not, there's no way it's going to be a win-win. Neither one of us can change our behavior. We know it. We recognize it because we're in that pattern. You see it come up and you go, here we go again. And you sort of think about it, but you don't. There's those moments where you go, I should have done something. Usually it's later that you decide that. Yeah. But there's nothing good that comes out of it. But once you set the boundary, let me tell you like this, the amazing conversations that we get to have that really do make the relationship better. Doesn't mean they're easy. No. That's why we call this brave heart conversations. And and Joe was the the first person I was in a relationship that I felt that was very um, honoring and and you can dis both of us could disagree but we also had things in place for when it we felt ourselves because th that very well could have both of us could have gone awry in our our relationship as well if we hadn't set some boundaries and one of it is if we find that we're f up here and it's escalated time out he yeah. calls it man cave time and, and both of us can declare time out because we know that anything after this point would not be constructive. Yeah, there's actually a name for that, emotional flooding. Oh yes. And um, actually it's it's been proven physiologically. Physio can I even Physiologically. <laughs> yes, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, I got a word today. Um, it takes 20 minutes for mm -hmm. your brain to come back. Um, online where you're actually able to think logically otherwise your uh, prefrontal cortex takes over and it's all emotion and I know that a lot of us have been in conversations in arguments before that we can look back and be like what the fuck why did, did I, I do that <laughs> what did I say like how did I lose my head um, it's because that's how we're wired 
And so when we hit that emotional flooding place, we have to take at least a 20 minute break at least in order to come back online and be in control of what we're saying and what we're thinking. Um, because it, it really is just like this lizard brain that takes over and um, we're not functioning at our full capacity and it's at that point that we get really like punishing and a lot of the things that we're saying are coming from a place of revenge and vindictiveness mm -hmm. yeah and um, it's just completely unconstructive so if you know that your partner or yourself is at a place of emotional flooding it is absolutely the most honoring thing you can do for both you and the other person to get the hell out, uh, give it a rest. They actually say, you know, having uh, during that 20 minutes, if you can go take a walk or do something mm -hmm. where you're not ruminating yeah. on that topic, um, you're gonna have a much better ability to come back to that conversation and have new solutions, new ideas, and a refreshed perspective. So, um, gosh, what was... Can I have a follow-up on that, yeah. too? It's because sometimes what happens, um, I know for me, and, and it's possible for some of you out there, is I was afraid of being abandoned. And so I want to know what was going on right then. Mm -hmm. And so if he left, that meant he was abandoning me. So we had a follow-up boundary was they, we, we stop and say, I need some time. I need mm -hmm. I need some time out. I will be back. I will discuss this because the other part of it is that we would never because of my experience before where we never talked about it. I was afraid that it would get pushed under the carpet. And you know what happens when things get pushed <laughs> under the carpet. It just builds and builds and builds. And then, of course, we're going to have a blowout. Mm -hmm. And so we would have the follow up that, yes, I will return to this conversation. Right. And 20 minutes may not be enough. It could be. I mean, I know that sometimes things take a lot longer, mm -hmm. but you'll know, like Jill was talking about, physiologically, when you feel that you're in a better place or when you're starting to think in possibility and not ruminating on yeah. what the problem is. But just having those backup systems, because you might be, a fr it could be, you know, you we, we could take time out, but Joe wouldn't leave the house. Mm -hmm. And that way I could still feel the safety of he just needs some time. Right. So anyway. Yeah, and I, I want to make the distinction, too, that hostile is different than uncomfortable. True. So it's okay to remain in an uncomfortable conversation. True. And that can still be very honoring. But if you feel you're yelling and you're, it, that's when it gets hostile. Exactly. Or it has the potential to be hostile. Yeah, so. there are times where we're just uncomfortable with the topic. It's hard. And, you know, like you talked about your partner before, really avoiding you know, mm -hmm. that is another place that we can go where we can just be really uh, invested in, oh, I don't want to talk about this. And then controlling. Yeah. Yeah. Stepping out of the conversation, not because it's hostile, but just because we don't want to look at whatever our own shadow mm -hmm. behavior is. Um, so it's important to really self-evaluate. 
you know, am I feeling unsafe in this conversation? Is it unconstructive or is it just uncomfortable? Am I being called out on something that I don't want to be yeah, called out on? Yeah, that's very different. Yeah, <laughs> that is very different. Squirming is an indicator yeah. <laughs> that it's just uncomfortable. For me, how I would define a, a constructive conversation is if both parties are willing to listen and we're both focused on win-win solutions. That is a very productive conversation. If I'm sensing the other person has a position that they are not willing to budge and they're not listening at all, um, I'm not willing to participate because that's it's not a conversation. No. Um, they're just waiting for an opportunity to launch their position again and again. Um, and that's, that's, to me, a form of abuse. So we've all been in those. It could be a boss. Mm -hmm. It could be a friend. I mean, we've all been, I would say that's a human experience of having someone mm -hmm. being hostile in, in your situation. Yeah. And so, um, you know, really holding, and like I said before, what you get, what you settle for, yeah. really holding yourself to this standard of conversation where you can say to someone, um, you know, I'm really feeling like this conversation isn't constructive. I really want to have this conversation with you. I really want to come to a win-win solution mm -hmm. with you. But that requires both of us being open and listening. So if we can't be there, that's okay. But I'm not, I'm not going to participate in the conversation until we can be there. And that's hard. It is super hard. Super hard. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk to you about some some people who have shared with me that they feel obligated to stay in a conversation that is hostile um, and they don't even know why and they feel scared like they have they have a physical reaction to being in a hostile um, conversation and what I want to talk about is that if you're experiencing these things and you're feeling like you have to stay in a hostile conversation when they're coming up um, we really get to be honest about our own trauma responses. That's a trauma response. And if you have a past of having to stay in hostile relationships, this is going to be an issue for you. And this is something that's important because this is an indicator you get to protect yourself more. You get to have a greater level of boundaries. It is okay to say, this is an abusive conversation and I'm not going to be in it. Uh, this conversation feels unsafe. I'm not willing to be here. That's okay to say. Um, you don't have to feel guilty for leaving a hostile conversation. I know that there have been plenty of us who have felt we had to stay because uh, we didn't have anywhere else to go. Maybe we were in a, our own home. Maybe it's the middle of the night. We can't go anywhere. Yeah. Um, maybe we feel obligated because we have children with this person. Maybe we feel obligated because we don't feel we can take financial care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we just have to tolerate. Um, maybe we feel like it's a boss and I can't stand up to my boss mm -hmm. because I'm dependent on them for income. There's so many reasons why, but I just want you to hear this is old trauma. And if you've experienced these things before, then this is all going to naturally come up for you. If you are uh, finding yourself in hostile conversations right now. So this is just something to really be aware of because this is happening so much right now. 
you get to have an even bolder uh, set of boundaries. Be completely non-negotiable in your uh, willingness to be present in any type of abusive situation. So I do believe everything that happens is a new opportunity. And we have an opportunity right now to practice boundary setting because the atmosphere is unfriendly in many places. So um, I know that there's a little bit of guilt and shame right now that's like you have to listen, you have to um, hear angry discussion, you have to hear um, really entrenched positions, and, and you don't. You need to be loyal to you, not to any system, not to any party, not to any group of people. You get to be loyal to you. And that, and anything that requires that you abandon yourself is bullshit. Anything that requires that you abandon yourself and your own values, you get to release. And totally unapologetically. You're not, you're not uh, obligated in any way to anyone else. We give you permission. Yeah, if you can't give yourself permission, then take it from us. Right now, even more so than than ever before. Um, and I love that um, we always get, you know, there's no accidents. We always get opportunities. And I think this this um, platform, with, um, that's not the right word, this um, experience that we're having collectively is bringing up a lot of shit mm -hmm. <laughs> it's very confronting and so the things that are coming up they aren't an accident they're teaching us they're giving us opportunities and like I've said so many times with it's toxic, time to grow <laughs> it is with toxic relationships often what they're giving us is the opportunity to master our own self-betrayal and our own codependency. And so I'm just seeing a lot of those patterns coming up. It's just in a different format. So if you're seeing that coming up and it's feeling really heavy and it's feeling really uncomfortable, just know this is what you have called in in order to master this. So you get to now set some new boundaries. Um, you get to honor what your rights are. This is a really big thing. I have the right to not be abused. I have the right to have constructive conversations. And I'm the only one that can honor those rights. If and I get to decide. I get to decide. Yeah. You don't get to decide when it's it's okay for me to stay in the conversation or not. So yeah, and I get to hang up. Yeah. And that actually, uh, in one of my previous relationships, he would say, well, you, you just decide when the conversation's over. And I, I remember I would just say, conversations are like sex. If it's not consensual, then it doesn't happen. I love that. <laughs> I actually know someone who was on the phone three hours just listening to those cycles over and over and over again. And that's definitely abusive. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. It's like sex. <laughs> Both sides have to be consensual. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that. I like that. That's a good time. Yeah, nobody gets to force you to be in a conversation. Nobody gets to guilt you into a conversation. Um yeah, so are there any other questions that come up for you around hostile conversations? I don't have any idea what time we're at. We're really close. Are we? Sweet. This is perfect. Alright. There aren't any uh, questions. I think we've done a lot of justice to this topic. We and, did. 
Um, as always, please share any requests that you might have for topics. We love to hear them. We love to get requests and challenges. If you don't like something that was said, tell us. If you have some questions about what was said or, or you're like, yeah, can you elaborate? We don't, I don't understand. Um, definitely reach out. As long as it's constructive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> don't reach out. We've established that. Hostility. <laughs> right. Um, with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up. You can see us here every week, uh, Thursday mornings. I'm not even sure if, are we on the Braveheart page right now? Yes. Okay. Awesome. I'm glad <laughs> we got the tech stuff figured out. Um, so you can see us every week on the Braveheart Conversations Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Braveheart Conversations. You can join discussions there, see past podcasts. You can also join us on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And um, we look forward to speaking with you next week here live again. If you have questions you'd like to submit, you can email them to myself at defytheaverage at gmail.com or marie. Marie at mariesgold.com. We love hearing from you. Any, we're, we're open and willing to talk about anything. Yeah. So with that, I will wrap up. I hope you all have a phenomenal week. We love you and we'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye-bye.